Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Mark. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album four, side one, track five. Promise to try. Little girl, don't you forget her face laughing away your tears when she was the one who felt all the pain. Oh, promise to try. A simple ballad for a simple lady. It's a beautiful ballad and the first, the most stripped down ballad she's done up to this moment. Well, I would say the next time that she does one is You Must Love Me. Um, Oh, yeah. Right, in the Um, mid-90s. It's so simple. It's it's piano, it's a cello. There's some strings near the end of it that are um, dubbed in, but it's it's just Madonna and, and Pat Leonard playing the piano. Yep, a great end to side one of an album. Well, I mean, it, it has, it's again, another, it's the gentlest 180 we get. Uh, it's another completely different side of Madonna, a completely different musical language. Um, it's so simple and stripped down and her voice is so close to the mic and you can almost hear her inhale and exhale. And it works, it's stunning in the context of the whole album. Like when you're, when you're looking at this album and if you, you're lucky enough to experience it originally, this was the end of the side. And it's this just graceful kind of denouement to end. And, you know, this has been a very dramatic side of Like a Prayer. Lots of things have been going on all over the place. Prince showed up, there's the choir, the horns all this stuff, the sl- smashing vase, and now we're just having a, it, it's just a simple lady with her, with her, her vocal. Yes, um, this, this makes a case for this album as Madonna as Cubist art. Like, this is like just another angle that we, and another point of her voice that we have never heard before, but no. fills out a picture of her that is becoming 360. I think, um, do you think she's been taking vocal lessons? Do you think she's had vocal lessons by this point? Because the voice is, I mean, the, 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 the history of Madonna's voice, there really are maybe four parts to it at this point. There's the early girly, like Minnie Mouse on helium voice. There's this interesting voice that she has until about 1995. And then she um, does a whole new voice to play Evita, which she carries through till probably the mid to late aughts. And then it becomes the voice she has now, which is kind of a blend of all of them together. Yeah, I think, I don't know that she had voice lessons, but her voice had been worked over. Like, I mean, I think she found a lot of ways to find control in her voice. Mm -hmm. Um, This being a great example of her knowing one of the quietest deliveries that she's given and that freedom felt, that felt, totally new. I don't know. You know what? I take it back. I'm going to say that she has had training because um, 
she's Madonna and why wouldn't she? This is her voice. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. This also feels like one of those, um, you know, when Pat Leonard talks about this record, he talks about how quickly they made it. They made it in two weeks. And um, this definitely feels like one of those one take or two take performances. This feels like they wrote the song and then they recorded it in one. And this is the vocal she performed that first time. Maybe she did it again. Um, yep. If she fucked it up, but I don't, I don't think so. It, it feels like she maybe sang it twice. I think she's never sung it again. I think she sang it those two times, and that was it. I think you're right. I think it's it's used most potently in Truth or Dare, of course, when she goes to visit her mother's grave, and yeah, it's played underneath while she's talking to her mother. You know, um, and we know this is a song about her mom. But I think you said something interesting about the perspective of the song, like who is she singing as in this song? I mean, I want to talk about the lyrics because what I love about Madonna as a lyricist, and this is a really great example of it, is um, they can veer so dangerously close to saccharine in a lot of cases. There's this way that she's able to write, and and it really great songwriters are like this. I mean, you think about the Beatles and the Obla oh, D Obla oh, Da. Life goes on. Like on paper, that sounds absurd, but when you sing it, it has a kind of universality that taps you into the emotion of it. And Madonna has that same quality of writing lyrics that are both kind of over the top and and kind of cheesy, but they they pinpoint a specific detail that 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 forces you to take it seriously. That combined with her delivery, she's able to she makes you consider it seriously and not. And I always think of something like, um, you know, little girl, never forget her eyes, keep them alive inside. I promise to try. It's not the same. It's not the same as is such a. Uh, uh, a human, like, I'm still, it's not the same. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it under, it, it, it anchors the whole lyric in a way that's like, oh, you know, don't forget her eyes, ha, da, 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 da. but it's yeah. not the same. There's a tragedy. Or, or like, I can't, can't kiss her goodbye. But I promise, I promise to, try. to try. It's right. like, yeah. 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 I mean, I the, the 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 lyric I always thought was about her dad is I fought to be so strong, I guess you knew I was afraid you'd run away, you'd go away too. Well, you know I this, that was about the dad. I actually decided today that she's singing as her dad to her. Oh. Because when he says, like, if you think of it as father singing it, she's he says, you know, little girl, never forget her eyes. Keep them alive inside. I promise to try. It's not the same. Little girl, never forget her eyes. Keep them alive inside. I promise to try. Mm. Oh, that's so. Well, and that also explains. Because she also, she always is always saying how no one was there to comfort her when, when, the the mother Madonna because her mother's name is also Madonna uh, died like you know uh, and and whatever you want to believe about uh, Mr. Ciccone I do feel like he had all these children and none of them are going to feel like they were getting individually comforted by him particularly um, and I also just I mean 
she does this throughout her career. I mean, you know, Dear Jesse, which is coming up as another song like this. Little Star from Ray of Light is a song like this. Body Shop, I always think of in this way of the, it's kind of like, it's almost too much, but she, she delivers it in, with this sincerity that is just, you can't not take her seriously. And that's what is so beautiful about it and so human about it. And I think she's, and this song examines this um, thing about Madonna that is a familiar theme throughout her career, even to this day, which is she's trying to stay open and um, conscious without getting hurt and getting um, pragmatic or cynical. And this is one of those times when she's rising above the, the tragedy of her mother's death, which I don't know. Did she talk a lot about her mother dying before? Yeah, I, th- I think it was already part of her narrative. We knew that her mother had died when she was young and that she had grown up with a lot of siblings and that she, you know, I think that that story, that, you know, myth of Madonna had already mm-hmm. been out there. This was the first time she had ever directly addressed it in lyrics for sure. Yeah. I go back too to thinking about the Like a Prayer commercial, the Pepsi commercial, because there's another, you know, this story of, again, that's part of the Madonna myth of like the little girl still lives within her. Mm-hmm. She can't forget that that pain or that part of her that is the most joyous and the most painful still lives in her and is very, and very vibrantly and that she doesn't want to forget that part of herself, even if it's the painful part, meaning it's the most pure part of her, you know? Yeah. Um, and probably it, the most creative and inspiring. And, and that's where, that's where the juice is. And I mean, I yeah. think, you know, and we, we talked about this earlier, um, you talked about um, Madonna in therapy. And I'm, I'm sure one of the great benefits of being in therapy was she, she identified that thing that she was always going to be able to go back to, to kind of trigger her creative juices. And that's yeah. like it or not, that's the, the death of her mother. This um, is her I, well. You know? It's her well. I love the lyric, um, keep your head held high, ride like the wind, never look behind. Life isn't fair. That's what you said. So I try not to care. That's Madonna's mantra for life. Like, I really believe that that's, that's what she believes about her life. And that's what she's always done. She's, she keeps going forward. She, um, she accepts life on what it is. And because she's already had the hardest thing happen to her, which is the death of her parent. Yeah. And everything else is like, whatever. Not whatever, right. but you know what I mean? Like, she's going she, she's gonna to have a perspective above it. I've always felt that that was like, oh, this is Madonna's creed, credo. Keep your head held high, ride like the wind. Never look behind, life isn't fair. That's what you said, so try not to care. As is this whole album is one personal statement after another. You know, yeah. how are these five songs on one side of a record? I cannot get over it is, how these five songs are on one side. It is a pure masterpiece. There's nothing. This first side is perfect. And yeah. I don't think that there's another album, Madonna album that has so that just sequences so perfectly and shows us so many different sides in s- such a non performy showy way. Like, yeah. you know, um, I think in the second side, 
things are still good, but they're not as crisp as this, you know, mm. there are moments of crispness, but that nothing is as big as these first five songs. These are re- five just jewels, one yeah. right after the other. And promise to try, I, I don't, you know, it, it's, it, it works the best in context to the other songs on the record. Absolutely. It wouldn't, I mean, if, if it were somewhere else or if it, you know, it, it needs to be after to death to his part, which is after love song, you know, it's like, it, it just has a really, it's just, it is absolutely it's meanings cumulative. I think thinking about this album at the end of a decade and that, that the eighties was, and still is considered a sort of, sweet spot or the glory days of pop music right mm. the similar to the way the 60s were of something too and that that albums changed form in the 90s things got strange nirvana enters the picture you know like we have this whole other way of listening to music cds become the primary though we already had cds according to you um no but we did and yeah. that um and that the the breadth of a of an album changes shape, and this is happening in all popular culture. I mean, um, you know, uh, two sides to an album is the same as an act break in a play, and these start to disappear too in the nineties, yeah. where we get these ninety minutes without intermission stories, or you know. So, I think it's something about culture, but that this album you know, reaches back to an, in so many ways, it harkens back to a glory day of, of, of your, of pop music, you know? And yet I find that what's so smart about Madonna releasing this in 1989 is she's planting her flag in the sand about being an artist of depth with staying power. And she proves it with this album because when the Nirvanas and the Smashing Pumpkins and the grunge era takes hold in the early 90s, probably 1991, it really starts to kick in. Everything that was fake or um, record company fodder gets swept aside. And all of these bands and musicians from this era who are on the radio and big sensations virtually overnight disappear because they're considered studio and, and fake and you know a record company made them up. And all of a sudden, it's about integrity and talent and good songwriting. And Madonna, kind of knowing in her way that like, oh, the, if I stick with the stuff I've been doing, I'm going to get whisked away with everybody else who's just writing fun pop songs. I'm going to write some art. I'm going to show people that I have a lot of depth and I have a lot to say. And now with this huge platform, I'm going to use it. And this album set, plants that in people's minds. And so when all of that starts to happen, she goes even deeper into artistic work and ironically also starts to kind of not fall off the, the charts, but definitely not, you know, hit the anthemic highs on the, on the billboard charts that she does at this point in her career. Right. Well, I mean, she's no longer, she's not a young tart. I mean, she's a married and divorced woman by the time this album is over, you know, and that affects her public persona in America. You know, it it changes our perception of her. She's a woman. She's not a girl and we can't pretend she's a girl. She's been through shit, you know, Um, as have her audience. Cause we're all starting to get, I mean, I'm going to, 
I'm going to be 13 this year in 1989. Oh. So, you know, stuff's about to happen for me. Oh, and it is. you were, you know, in high school. I was about to graduate high school, actually. Um, oh. In 89, I graduated. I want to also you just... take this with you to college? Did you take your cassette of Like a Prayer? I most certainly did. I mean, when we get into... Um, um, breathless and erotica like i remember buying those in new york but we'll talk about that later but yeah. yeah of course i mean i played this over and over and over and over and over again i probably destroyed it and had to buy it again and i had all the dance remixes and all the al i had those on 12 inch you know because i had to have the albums the other thing i wanted to say is yes i think she was thinking globally and staying power and how she needed to grow with her audience i also think that it's a testament to her long collaborations and that we don't see these again in fact there's no other you can say usher merway she did an album with them in 2003 or 2000 and then she doesn't you know like yes sort of but like here's two albums back to back that and two tours that her and patrick leonard and stephen bray are part of in some way you know and that he even goes back to the second album and and before that we know that they were working together and that those deep relationships that sense of safety and power in a personal way and in those personal relationships allowed her the freedom to write about things so deeply yeah yeah there was a quote um from the interview magazine article where she says um that she um, she was talking about doing a shoot um, in the summer of 1988. And she said, I did some photo shoot sessions last summer. And when I look at the pictures, I see a totally different person. I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel my usual ballsy self. I just felt really defeated is the best word to use. And that actually influenced everything I did because it made me very sad. I was writing my album during that time. Because of the state of mind I was in, I dealt with a lot of sadness in my life that I hadn't dealt with in a long time. Things like my mother's death and certain relationships. And I found that that to be a very like matter of fact, conscious way of dealing with um, these things and describing Mm -hmm. them. Like I found that to be like, oh, she really was able to kind of pull herself out of her experience and be like, oh, this is how I'm feeling. This is what we're going to write. This is why I should be writing about this. And because I'm with these friends as well as collaborators, they're going to give me the safety and the security to do that. Yeah. She's so human. Yeah. And this, this song's time. great. It's like a lullaby. It is. It's a beautiful song. And no remixes. Thank God. No live performances. Why would you? Promise to try. Till next time. Bye.